Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. It is week six. We're in Paris, the city of love. Some might say the city of lights. I don't know. But I am joined today by Lauren Zima for Entertainment Tonight. Hi. Juliet, how are you? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm tired. January has been long. January was long. <laughs> We're finally in February, though. Really worked out for him that both of his name his, goes into both those months. We came up with a full list, like recoverari. And um, oh. yeah, we were going through a whole list of puns. And it's really been kind of perfect for the vibe of this season, which I think has been a vibe of dad jokes. Interesting. <laughs> I was going to ask you what you thought the vibe was. Ari has some pretty rough quotes this week. Yeah, well, I wrote one of them down, which was when he said, direct quote to Chris Harrison, I think it's going to be such an amazing week and it's been really amazing thus far. <laughs> And I think even Chris's face, he kind of looked at him like, what? I, I I mean, we always joke about the usage of the word amazing on this yes. show, but I think this season has hit new highs. Absolutely. It's Ari's go-to. He says amazing and like, uh, you know what I mean? A lot. It's Ari amazing. A, a lot. <laughs> I really enjoyed, uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but like this week we really, I think, did get a sense of what it'd be like to date him because there was some extended one-on-one -on -one time. And we will get into all of that, but first... We must begin by talking about one of the weirdest stories in Bachelor history. It has nothing to do with the actual show, and it's about Miss Becca Martinez, or as you said on the show, Becca. I love that you call her Becca. I've got to start doing that. I didn't make it up. The sports gal, she came out the first week of our season, uh, and she made it up, and it stuck. <laughs> it's, it's useful for differentiating between baby Becca and who I, who I call adult Becca. I keep calling them short hair and long hair, yes. but yeah, they're, the last thing that we're going to do is use their actual name spellings to differentiate them. We yeah. do not have the time no, for that. <laughs> of course not. But so here's what happened. On Thursday night, a story came out that Becca's mom reported her missing the Humboldt County Police on November 18th after she hadn't spoken to her since November 12th. She then stayed on the missing persons list until a few days ago when Humboldt County released the Humboldt 35, the 35 people still missing, and a Facebook user saw this story and she realized that one of these people was not missing. It's Becca from The Bachelor. What a list. So the Humboldt 35. It's like the Humboldt 35 under 35, but they're missing. This is really kind of morbid. Um, yes. So this story, so confusing and so bizarre to me. So we actually got a statement. ET got a statement from the sheriff's department breaking down exactly what had happened. And of course, my bachelor mind is looking at the timeline. Yes. Because we know that the bachelor starts taping in September. Mm -hmm. We know that it finishes in November. And Becca's mom reporting her reported her missing on November 18th. Yes. Saying that the last time she saw her was on the 12th. So that would mean seemingly Becca went somewhere off the grid. And I think what her mom had told the police was that Becca told her she was going to work on a marijuana farm. Yes. <laughs> Which completely fits into the fabric of Baca to me. Yeah, absolutely. In Humboldt County, like up there, they grow weed. I think you see now I'm learning so much. Already. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm here. Um, but what Becca tweeted confused me because she said, you know, kind of jokingly, Mom, I told you I wouldn't have cell service on The Bachelor. But I think she was at the marijuana farm. Interesting. You don't even think she was on this show for this long. Well, I just think that... You're, if your parents want to get in touch with you, like look at Mikkel. Mm -hmm. Her grandfather died. Family got in touch with the producers. Right. If her mom was wondering, where is she? She would just reach out to production. Well, did she not tell her mom she was going on The Bachelor? Is that possible? But then mom would have known, where would she have been in September and October? 
That's a good question. Because mom said she hadn't talked to her. She'd talked to her on November 12th. Yes. So, so I she think, must have gotten kicked off around November 12th. That's what I, I think. Some I think she, or sometime before then. And then she was going to go on some other, I don't know, marijuana farm training situation. And then mom couldn't get a hold of her. Because, yeah, if mom was having a hard time getting in touch with her, worried about her and, okay, yeah, you don't have your cell phone on The Bachelor, you get in touch with production and say, confirming my daughter's okay. Right. Yeah, it didn't say she was missing for the two months beforehand. The whole thing was just really weird. The whole thing is weird, but I think that Becca, Becca, I'm so sorry, no doesn't want to maybe clarify that on Twitter yet because right. she doesn't want to give away when she gets sent to her. Right. She has to acknowledge it. And so if she was, if her mom heard from her again on November 12th, I believe filming started on like September 17th or mm-hmm. September 19th, something around then. So that means she lasted pretty long, but she probably doesn't go to hometowns because otherwise we'd be meeting this woman's mother. And we- <laughs> You know what? I want to meet her mother. Me too. Because Can we get it at home with Baca? Let's just get a special. I'm going to work on that. Let me throw out a conspiracy theory situation for okay. you. Is this all orchestrated as some kind of way to get interest in the season or in Baca? Do you have I, any conspiracy theories on this front? I think I wouldn't put it past Baca. <laughs> she seems to just love the limelight. I don't even know if I Absolutely would say Baca. I could say anyone else. I... It's so weird. Also, like, I don't know. What's up with this mom? I got the most questions about (laughs) Becca's mom. That's really, like, where I need to know more. She is our new Corinne's nanny. Mm. Let's get her on the show. Absolutely. It was was a lot. We're going to talk more about Becca. But first, let's talk about Crystal. Finally, we are free. (laughs) We are free. This week, Ari and his gals went to Paris. Uh, Crystal... Watched the movie Grease and thought that the appropriate outfit would be the final one that Olivia Newton-John wears to the carnival at the end of the movie. She literally is wearing that exact outfit as they, they do their first shot, like walking down some stairs in Greece. Yes. And, um, where do they stay? Not some historic hotel, not some sort of cute uh, flat, not some sort of grand hotel on the on the river. But what Tia said was so Parisian it was a riverboat cruise. It was called, it's a U by Uniworld. They're on a sh- ship B and it is, um, I looked it up. It's a company that runs riverboat cruises through Europe for 25, 21 to 45 year olds. And they stayed on this like quote unquote luxury, like cruise liner. 21 to 45. Well, that's right in our age bracket for the season of The Bachelor. I'm going to be honest, <laughs> U by Uniworld looked fun. I was like, oh, maybe I should do this. But if I'm going to Paris, I'm just staying there. I'm not traveling. I'm not staying on a freaking cruise ship on the Seine. The Seine is not a wide river. That's very weird. It's it was very so, weird. Uh, it, it, I mean, they're saying it's so Parisian, it's so Parisian. And then it pulled up and I thought, is this a, a re-modified warship? It was so <laughs> huge and imposing and black and dark looking. And then you went inside and it had kind of like Parisian brothel vibes. Yes. And I, I agree. I just was thinking, how frustrated are you if... You've probably in part gone on this show to travel, and then you get to Paris, and then you are sitting in this dark, low-ceilinged warship, and you can't actually go out into Paris. It was was mind-boggling to me. Really weird. I I also just actually can't believe this exists. If you go to U by by Uniworld, they're really excited to be on The Bachelor. There's like a like a little ad on the left side of the homepage being like, check us out on February 5th on The Bachelor. It just could not have looked less aesthetically Parisian from the outside. Yes. It It was so looked like it was ready to dive into the depths and shoot a nuke. I, I was <laughs> It was very World War II, yes. but not like in the the quaint uh no. Inglorious Bastards way. No, not in a I'm trying to think of the name of that Brad Pitt movie. Inglorious Bastards? No. Oh my god. <laughs> the one he just said. No, the one with with uh 
Oh, God. with um, like two of by C or something. The one with um, Marion Cotillard. Mm-hmm. Allied. 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 Yes. Allied. It didn't give me that romantic no, vibe. Def- no, no, no. Definitely no. not. And I love Paris. And so uh, I was pretty excited they were going there. Ari, we're gonna. I want it. We're really gonna dive into Ari's one-on-one date with Lauren. But let's just allow Ari and Lauren to set the tone of how they view this world-famous, wonderful city. Mm-hmm. There's like so much beauty in a city like this. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. It was so busy out today, too. Mm-hmm. It was, like, really busy. Almost, like, insane. But <laughs> that kind of freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> I know. I could tell a little bit. But I could see how you were, like, a little overwhelmed. overwhelmed because yeah. I was overwhelmed, too, you know? Oh, God. He's bad. I rewound that. I played it again. And I had to figure out, are they just talking about the fact that just people walking around in a pretty busy city? Yes. That was overwhelming. I, I think so. Yeah. It was it was really bad. So that kind of set the tone of our vibe in Paris. And then Crystal ended up on the two-on-one this week, the first two-on-one of the season. I think they only do one a season, actually. Sometimes they do two, I guess. She said that she had been preparing for the two-on-one, yes. which blew my mind. How are you preparing? Yes. Then she said she wasn't worried about the two-on-one, and she's not worried about a relationship with Ari, and she's so confident. Then how do you justify that you're going to be on the two-on-one? Yeah. And she keeps saying, I mean, we've lost her now, but kept saying she was attacked. She had a target on her back. Crystal, do you know that the other women are not selecting you for this two-on-one? <laughs> it's Ari. Yes, Ari and the producers. But sure. Mo- but sure, it's, it's Ari. So she goes on it with, with Kendall, and they go to like an old chateau, which is Parisian. But none of them really seemed comfortable there, which I thought was noticeable. Of course it is because they're on the yeah. two-on-one. But they it was particularly awkward, and they were like, walking the grounds of this old chateau and one had her like was like clutched to Ari's um, arm and the other was like he had his arm around her and so you could just tell from that moment there was like a power imbalance and it was not favoring Crystal. The whole thing well then when he says that he needs to extend the two-on-one I was trying to think of another time when that's happened like I need more time on this two-on-one and then we got about 30 seconds of dinner before he'd figured out his yeah. decision. Yeah. So it's, it was a pretty it was pretty hard to watch the entire time. It begins with Ari and Crystal, um, like, quote unquote, making up from their fight last week. Mm. And this his body language towards her is pretty gnarly. Like if I if I'm Crystal, I'm like, oh, it's over for me. Like he's not into me. I'm rubbing. We saw this last week, but he was rubbing her arm and she, or she was rubbing his arm. and He didn't reciprocate. He's really in, he's a big leg toucher. Anyone he's into when they're sitting one on one, he like grabs their legs, rubs their thigh. None of that with Crystal. And then um, he she kind of she uh, narks on Kendall a little bit. <laughs> And she's like, Kendall's not ready for this. Or she's just like not, she doesn't go with wrong reasons, but she just says she's not ready. What I've been calling Crystal is Crystal one step too far. She kind of, I thought for a second was winning Ari back for a minute there, making a good point for a second. And then she starts critiquing Kendall and you're like, nope, nope. No. It's never a good move. Don't waste your time with the guy talking about some other girl. What did you think of Kendall's sort of, confronting of her where with each new analytical thing Kendall said she scooched closer to Crystal. I'm so glad you asked. Let's just, <laughs> let's listen to this whole okay. confrontation. It's amazing. I've dated someone like you before where in the face of conflict um, they have told me things that have like really hurt me. Um, and um, you know I, I guess I learned that saying the thing that's most hurtful doesn't necessarily means, mean you win. It means that you hurt somebody. I can definitely empathize with you. I don't, I don't really have words. <laughs> okay. 
I know this season has a lot of detractors. This is an all-time great 60 seconds from The Bachelor. This oh my is God. this is two women on a two-on-one together mm-hmm. where one has just totally bagged on her to the to the guy and the other being like I hear you, I see you and I will one up you to your face and I will steal back this power. And I thought it was just incredible. Kendall was spot on. This is going to be used in scene classes for scene oh, work, I definitely. think. Definitely. <laughs> I completely agree. Do you think Kendall was being genuine in what she was saying? I think that Kendall, it felt very out of nowhere to me. Uh-huh. I think it felt like maybe there had been a suggestion or an encouragement to like, hey, maybe go have this conversation, which I don't think is the worst idea because I don't think this is a healthy environment for Crystal. No. I actually do think from, if we go back to her intro package when Crystal talked about some of the familial stuff she'd been through. Sure. I think she's got some stuff to work out. Oh, yeah. And... I think that they're all genuinely concerned for and frustrated by Crystal, but this was the messiest way to go about it, and I don't think Kendall was the person. She seemed to scooch closer to Crystal, but also be completely afraid that Crystal would reach over and bite her and head like, off. And, like, strangle her or Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. She did, like, keep inching closer and closer. It also made it seem like Kendall, like, had experience with this kind of, like, confrontation before because mm. it was a real slow build. Like, she kind of, like, was talking herself through it as it was happening, and there must have been some kind of, like, of the flames by the producers off camera because otherwise it was just like a, a, not, a notch too out of nowhere as you pointed out. And Kendall is a big pile of quirky in general to yeah. me. I mean, I, I like her. I do too. But taxidermy and she's sort of empathizing in this moment and her and Ari aren't super connected no. but yet he's... I, I'm a little, I'm still very confused by Kendall. This whole episode really to me, and I'm going to go off on a tangent. but I I endorse it. Please do. Thank you. It landed me in confusion. That was the word I wrote down was confusion because I feel like what Ari is doing is he is repeatedly looking at the date and Mm -hmm. not the person. He keeps saying, we had such a great date. We had such a great date. Mm -hmm. But where are you at with the person? And I think that's why none of his connections are super standing out. Then like with the date with Lauren B, he kept saying, I don't really know her. I don't know anything about her. Yes, he did. But I like her and I really like her and I really want this to happen. Why? You don't know. You just say you don't know anything about her. So. Oh, we know why. He is just mm. basing this on like whoever he wants to sleep with in that particular <laughs> moment. I mean, all of his decisions can be chalked up to that. It was so funny to me, too. He said to Chris at one point that he knows this process is going to work. He knows he's going to fall in love here. He just like has to figure it out. Why do you know that? If any lead had ever been on this show, I would believe that he could not fall in love here and that he could say this might not work for me because he said repeatedly that he hasn't fallen in love in five years since Emily Maynard. So why would you think, oh, I know this process is going to work for me? I guess he's just, I think because he went to his brother's wedding and it really rocked him. As we have heard. He he hasn't recovered. (laughs) He's like, oh, my brother's moving on, settling down. I need to as well. I think that really, like we, you know, Crystal has her family stuff. Ari's just like now like, oh, I'm alone. My brother's married. I need to get married too. And I say all this wanting for things to work out for him. I always come from a place of wanting things to work out because then we get a Sean and Catherine and they are great. But I think that we did not come correct from the start here. And by that, I mean, I think that Ari was kind of thrown into this, Mm. that it literally was a situation where he like grabbed a suit and got on a plane and he had not been on TV in five years. And the show has changed a lot. Do you have any insight into how the negotiation with Ari went down? Well, I interviewed him for during his promo shoot, and he told me, he's like, no, I literally, like, jumped on a plane. Oh, my God. And then Sean Lowe had told me that years ago, um, 
Ari was very much about to be The Bachelor, but then they ended up going with Chris Souls. So I think there's been a lot of back and forth for him over the years. And maybe he wasn't even totally sure. Well, he told me, he said, I wasn't really totally sure this was for real going to happen. So I think he was thrown into it. And that's such a real sliding doors because you know who Ari would have loved? He would have fucking loved Jade. He would have loved Jade. Ooh, from Chris Soul season, yes, he would that's have, interesting. He would have loved her. I'm positive of it. I'm trying to think of the other top women in that season. Who was the Bachelorette? Oh, was it uh, Caitlin? Caitlin, yes. Mm-hmm. He also. Oh, and also um, Bryn. Was that her name? Yeah, it was Bryn. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the women that those women make sense as casted for Ari more than casted for Chris, in my opinion. But do you think Ari knows what he wants? Because, no. no, I think that he is very torn between being, and Becca, Becca, sorry, uh-huh. had called him out for this, torn between being this nurturer. I keep saying he has a lot of dad-like qualities. Uh-huh. I think he'll be a great dad. He's nurturing, and so he wants a woman he can nurture and care for, but then he also keeps saying he wants a really equal partner. So I think he's torn between what he really is into and what he thinks he should be into. Yeah, and I think what and that comes up later with Jacqueline. We'll get into that, too. Oh, yes. But he is, that's a really good point. Like, he, he has two kinds kinds of kinds of women left. The kind of quirky outspoken ones who have a lot of flair and the ones who are sort of a little more vanilla and very very classically pretty and you're just like, yeah, of course. Okay, you're on this show. We get it. Like yeah. um Kendall and Jacqueline and Baka, you're like, you guys are cool. Mm-hmm. Like you're like women I'd like to hang with. Why are you on the show? Like and I don't even and that sounds really mean to the other women. I don't even mean it that way. They're just so unusual reality TV types. Like, I don't know, we've got We've got one woman on the way to getting a PhD and one woman with an advanced degree in physical therapy. Like, what? Oh, my gosh. I mean, CN, Yale graduate. Yes, I know. Exactly. Overall, the crop of women is on another level. And I think that that was intentional because the show, I would say it started around Chris Souls' season, definitely uh-huh. Ben Higgins' season, produced a lot of social media stars. Yeah. And so now, of course, they're worried about people coming on the show just for that reason. Yes. And so I think they were trying to get back to the rootedness, the groundedness of really legit women, which has happened, but has not been with completely without flaw. No. And the women were fully on display when they did the Moulin Rouge date. Which oh, my God. Let's let's get into that. But first, let's talk about my sponsors. While you're thinking about planning your next vacation, consider Tripping.com, the world's number one site for vacation rentals trusted by millions of travelers and featured by the New York Times, Travel and Leisure, Forbes, and more. With Tripping.com, OneSearch lets you filter, compare, and sort over 10 million available properties on trusted sites like VRBO, TripAdvisor, Booking.com, and more. Don't wonder if you're getting the best deal on that winter cabin or beachfront home. You'll save an average of 18% per night by booking your vacation with Tripping.com. So don't forget, if you want to save time and money while booking the perfect vacation rental for your next trip, head to Tripping.com slash Bachelor today. That's Tripping.com slash Bachelor. Okay, let's talk about this Moulin Rouge group date. In Paris, if you I was I was in Paris about a year and a half ago. Wonderful city. I, and were people just Moulin Rouging left and right? They were Moulin Rouging <laughs> everywhere. In fact, I had I had like a one one night where I had to get a hotel and so I just like booked one through American Express Travel. I, it was like this is fine, good good price, decent area. And then it was like a block and a half away from the Moulin Rouge and I was actually embarrassed. I was like, "Wow, I can't believe I'm like staying close to the Moulin Rouge. Like who comes to Paris and like cares about that? That's so weird and like gauche of me. I can't believe it." You get on your warship and then you go see the Moulin Rouge yes, show. Yes, exactly. It, yes. Those are the hallmarks of a, of a week spent in the in the city of love. Um I also didn't really realize that the Moulin Rouge was like so not sexy. And I think mm. it was supposed to be like a sexy date where the women are like in like a dance show and then whoever does the best gets extra time with him and gets to perform for a bigger crowd. 
Can I ask you, would yes. that in any way be an incentive to you? No. And that's why my rose this week goes to Tia. <laughs> Tia was amazing. She was so uncomfortable and just like, um, I feel naked. I'm really awkward. And Tia's like a beautiful, skinny girl. And she was like very uncomfortable with that level of exposure, which is completely normal. The fact completely. that everyone else was so completely comfortable with it is more alarming. I was sort of blown away when they said, if you get the rose, you get more time with Ari by performing later for yeah. more people in this insanely skimpy outfit. I would not have wanted that. No. And then they're all watching and saying, oh, Becca's getting more time with Ari. I'm like, she's performing. They're lip syncing right now. This isn't real time. And I just would be, I, I mean, I consider myself to be a spotlight loving kind of person. Mm -hmm. And I would not want to be in that outfit up on that stage. Well, first of all, they're just not hot outfits. Like they're wearing like. They literally looked heavy. Yeah, they're, they're heavy. <laughs> And they're like so over the top, like all these kind of like like, like headgear. I don't even know what to call Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And it wasn't like, wow, she looks so hot. I mean, I'm not a man. I don't get it. But like it was like body paraphernalia. Yeah. It was it was more like um some sort of like Lion King outfit, like costume from the musical The Lion King, than like some kind of like hot, like I I'm looking sexy in my trench coat and my underwear. Kind totally. Of look. It was it felt a little toddlers and tiaras yes. in the way of that, you know, years from now, these women would show scars they had on their hips from their 60-pound feather skirt that right. they had to wear, you know? And so the way that they introduced the date was that whoever did the best got to, whoever won the rose got to, they won more time with Aria, as you said. It implied that whoever was the best dancer, as like what happened with Nick's season <laughs> when they did the Backstreet Boys date, would then win the time with Ari. But how did it actually go down? I don't know if I really understand still. Do you? Well, he's, he made it very clear at the cocktail party after that he was giving out the rose based on his connection and specifically not performance at the Moulin Rouge. So why did we day. go through that whole charade? Yes. Why did we? <laughs> why, why do you think? For viewership, for doing something interesting? Well, I, I suspect that ooh. whoever actually did the best, and I, it's really a quite a qualitative uh, judgment there. So we, it's hard to say. Whoever's maybe deemed as the winner was not who Ari actually wanted to spend time with. So he like changed his mind about how the rose was given out. Interesting. But that's just usually not how it works in the show. Usually it's like a pretty annoying like, oh, you're the best bowler. Or, oh, you're the best. You won this, this sprint. So you get more time with Ari. I have to say that... I want the show to graduate away from that competitiveness a little bit in that I get that it's a competition, but just as a woman, I'm starting to feel, especially in our current climate, that I don't want to be paraded around up on a stage and be competed yeah, you know, play. I mean, I guess I, I almost felt like maybe he they did that, and then later they were like, "We need to ground this a little bit." Yeah, I just think that date just didn't go as they had planned. I mean, the <laughs> other thing that really didn't go as planned is Cien has a background mm -hmm. as a dancer, and she was she completely underperformed. She was like LeBron in the 2011 Finals. It was oh, unacceptable, and I, I wish I got that reference. Oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> she should have been the best, and man, she was not. She and I think mm -hmm. if you're if you're a dancer and you're in a dancing challenge and you don't win, oh. you should be out of sent home. That was shocking. It was disappointing for all the CN heads out there. And I know there's a lot of them. She's great. I have been with her since those elephant cufflinks. Yes. She's I great. I am on board with her. <laughs> she's awesome. And I hope she doesn't do Paradise. Oh, interesting. She's got a real career. I looked into it. We discussed this last week. She works for like a private equity real estate firm, which is like legit. Like they, I don't even understand what they do. So it's either a pyramid scheme or legit. One of, <laughs> one or the other. 
<laughs> but I, I hope she doesn't go to paradise as well. Well, it, it doesn't seem like it'll go well for her. But he seemed into her at the cocktail party. How can you even tell at this point, Juliet? That is what I, again, am drowning in confusion is when he started talking about, I mean, may I go back to the Lauren B thing Absolutely. for a minute? When he started talking about how into her he was and how much he wanted her to be into him and yet how he could not, quote, have easy conversation with her. It was it negated what he says to me because I don't know wh- what is real or not yeah. anymore. So let's just talk about their date because it's okay. sort of it's sort of a it's looming over me. It's it really was exhausting. It, was, for it me. was the first thing that happened in the episode. But Lauren's so boring that I stuck it at the end of this podcast <laughs> because I'm just like we because as as Ari says, we don't know much about her. Let's listen to that clip. I am super attracted to Lauren. She is so beautiful. And even though I don't know much about her, just spending time with her makes me really happy. More and more of her personality is coming out through these last few weeks. And this is going to be a really great opportunity to learn who she is. <laughs> and then and then they proceed to show part of their date where they're like shopping on the banks of the Seine. And barely speaking. And she's, yeah, he, they're like, they're either not speaking or then they walk past a table of cheese. <laughs> and he's like, oh, cheese, we have that back in Scottsdale. And she says, wow. That's it. She said she just said wow like four or five times to like his statements. And because otherwise she was overwhelmed. Because she was, it was so insane on the streets. It was so overwhelming. And uh she does she just doesn't really speak. I, I it was kind of perplexing. It seemed like a horrible date, but this is why I'm like, oh, you're just deciding everything based on who you want to sleep with. There's no other explanation. I think that you're right in that there's no other explanation. <laughs> Two things. One, the picture of Scottsdale, Arizona that has been painted for me at this point is a place where all people do is wear cardigans, go to bed early, bowl, go to bowling after parties, and at those bowling after parties, eat wheels of cheese. Eat wheels of cheese, It is yes. the most bizarre city to me now after what I've learned about it on this season. And this, what he said about Lauren B., I think he said something similar about Tia previously, too. He keeps saying things like, I don't know who she is, but I really like spending time with her. Or like, she just, being around her makes me happy. And I don't know what that means. Yeah, and then they just both don't bring a lot of gravity to the screen or to their their um, relationship, which made it sort of uncomfortable to watch them, like, share personal info. Because Ari shared something that was truly meaningful, impactful, and serious that actually has never been discussed on the show before, which is... He talked about how he did have another serious relationship. I think it was after Emily. No, I think this one was before oh, Emily. Before I Emily. only know this because I recently rewatched Emily's season. I think this was the woman that he went into Emily's season with it being like looming. My over heart him. was recently broken. Yeah, ah. he lived with her. He got a tattoo for her. He was really close with her kids, and then they broke up. That's what we knew previously. Oh. But yes, he dropped okay. this info. So this is the woman that he was dating before Emily's season, and he explains that um, he had been out on the road for. Uh, traveling for racing and when he left his girlfriend at the time had been pregnant and that she called him and said that she had lost the baby and that when she got home he was moving out she was moving out and she wouldn't that she wouldn't be there anymore and i believe he used the word miscarriage or miscarried and i actually i can't think i watch a lot of reality tv i can't think of another instance when a miscarriage was like specifically discussed and that's really serious and also awesome to talk about because it's incredibly common and it shouldn't be taboo and it's but like still incredibly emotional um and serious and like has very real implications but the way that it was shared 
there just wasn't like kind of an acknowledgement of that seriousness, which I, I just sort of found uncomfortable. And Lauren responded by sharing her, her own, or I guess she actually went first. Do you remember? I think that she, no, I think she went after yes, and it, talked about her parents having a difficult marriage. Yeah, and how she had been engaged and they broke up. Yes. And so it was just a really, as a viewer, it was just like, this is significant. This is a big deal. Absolutely. And, and cool that you, that they sh- they included this. But like those two just didn't really bring like the kind of level of discussion that I think the moment warranted. It felt like we had cracked through something that I've been wanting to crack through for five episodes. Yes. And that just meant something really real from Ari. Yes. And again, when I say maybe we didn't come correct on this season, I think Ari, you know, the leads usually have been on camera for a yeah. season before this. And so they're just used to being emotive and used to talking about their feelings. And I think he hadn't been. Everybody who I've talked to says Ari's a really nice guy. Yeah. I've met him. He was nice to me. And I wanted him to get really real. And I almost feel like maybe he had such a chemistry. You know, sometimes you just have that initial connection with people, yeah. with Lauren, that he wanted that to happen. And so he sort of dropped this really intense bomb. But I was glad to hear it of because course. it was real. Of course. And again, like that is such a real thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that women just don't discuss. And for whatever reason, it's taboo. I think it's also just... I don't know firsthand, but I think it's probably very emotional. So therefore, it's hard to talk about. Um, and so it's kind of weird that like this, that that glass is shattered by Ari. Like that was just a really weird moment. It gave me some respect for him as well, because me I mean, if I'm connecting these dots correctly and this was the woman before Emily Maynard's season, that means he's held this in for a while and yeah. he did not bring it up on Emily's season. And or not that we saw. It could it could have just not been aired. True. It, it also made me look at Lauren, him and Lauren's relationship very differently for the rest of the episode. I do think Lauren is really keeping a lot in. She seems yeah. real stressed out. Yeah, she does. Because at the very end of the episode, she uh, we see her after the rose ceremony, she gets a rose. Or she'd gotten one already because she was like, got one on the one-on-one. She goes to a producer. We can't see who it is. Some of the producers. Like, I love these moments, by me the too. way. Me too. Love. Me too. I was going to say, she goes to the producer and she's talking about how hard it is for her and how she just is freaking out. And I would totally feel the same way. Like, I, I'm like a crazy, like, person. I mean, it's not, not crazy, but like, you know, I would feel, if I was having feelings for a guy and he, I had to watch him date four other women, I would lose my, four, ten, I would <laughs> lose my mind. So uh, Lauren's starting to lose her mind and she goes to a producer to talk about how hard it is for her while the other women are all kind of like, um, consorting together and like commiserating or whatever they're about to go to Tuscany Lauren like looked pissed that she had to go to Tuscany I was like yes I was like girl do you know how lucky you are get a smile on that face and then she goes to the producer and I started to feel for her she must be holding a lot in but it just was sort of like a weird like why first of all why don't we get more of this oh my god I well and I think more of this in general yeah I agree show us more of the candid conversation I think that the show, again, with this season, wanted to get back to, like, grounding in what it's really about. But what I'd like to see it do from here to innovate, you know, 20 seasons in, which this fabulous franchise that we all love has to do, is break that fourth wall a little bit. Yeah. Some of my favorite moments in the show history, when Caitlin Bristow was standing on that balcony talking about how she'd been with Nick Vile and yeah. clearly talking to a producer, but yeah. they sort of made it look like she was talking to no one. And then this moment with Lauren B. reminded me of when Sean on Caitlyn's season had talked to a producer because he was so frustrated with like, oh, yeah. how much he loved Caitlyn and he didn't like seeing her with these other guys. I love these moments. And she is an untapped well, this Lauren B. I but know. she's got to tap that well. I know. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think we'll be getting more of her. This is sort of setting it up for her to be a central person. What do you think in terms of if Ari prefers her over, like, 
the the short hair Becca Faka. Interesting that you bring that up. I want to talk about Jacqueline's date to answer oh, that question. Oh, let's do it. So Jacqueline had the last one-on-one of, of the week. And this was incredible. Ari and she get into like some kind of old fancy car. It, break, <laughs> it breaks down. And here's a quote from Ari. It was cool that our car broke down. End quote. <laughs> um, and then they like go shopping and they talk about and he's like I'm so happy our car broke down and they joke about how this is what it would be like if they were actually dating whatever whatever and then their date seems like pretty boring and pedestrian like definitely one of the worst dates and then they end up at dinner and Jacqueline's ag- aggressive Jacqueline is I would say maybe the most aggressive female kisser this franchise has ever seen she, go- I got, she goes in for it I got the vibe that maybe Jacqueline she's a tiny gorgeous woman that maybe she'd had a glass of mm. wine and was feeling nervous and was like sweating a little bit. She's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to kiss you, you know? She cracked me up. I thought she was so funny. Well, I really had a really great conversation, which is Ari admits to her that he was kind of like intimidated by her because she's smart. Let's listen to this quote. <laughs> I'm going to be completely blunt with you. I think in the beginning, I was like, she's far too intelligent for me. I was intimidated by you. And so I was trying to figure out how we would work, and that just set us back just out of my own insecurity, not anything to do with you. I've never doubted the fact that we could have a connection, and I love our conversations, and you're extremely beautiful. Why don't you think you would gravitate towards somebody intelligent? I mean, I, I mean, I just hope I would know how to interest you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. That was, that's another all-timer. I know people don't like this season, but it's these little moments that just give me so much life. <laughs> this is incredible. This is Ari. This is every smart girl wanting to ask the hot guy, why not me? Like, why, why, why wouldn't this work? And it's just amazing that he, to quote Ari, it's just amazing <laughs> that he's willing to engage with it. I actually, again, it made me like him a little bit more. He gave a real answer. He was intimidated by it. I, I think that's, like, kind of cool. This season is a slow burn, Julia. It's a slow burn. It is a slow burn. You got to, like, dig in to find the joy. But that's what we're doing. And so this gets back to your question about, like, a Baca versus a Lauren B. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the two sides of Ari. It's, like, there's kind of, like, the women who he thinks it would just kind of he knows what to do because he feels like he like dated someone like them and maybe I'm reading too much into it. Or the women like Jacqueline and Kendall and Becca and CN and even Tia who were like who were kind of sort of like asking for more. Sort of like, yeah, I'm smart. Like, let's grapple with this. 100%. Are we standing and looking out into Ari's future as an older man who goes to bed early and wakes with the sun? But looking back <laughs> at Ari's past as... You know, I think Jenna called him, quote, the most gorgeous man alive, which I'm not. Yeah. Jenna, let's get you out in the world a little bit more. <laughs> no shots, Dari. I was surprised that Chelsea went home. I was surprised as well. Mm-hmm. Chelsea and Jenna. Jenna, a long time coming. Can't believe she made it this far. He just probably liked her. That she or thought she was hot. But yeah, I, I don't know. Chelsea, I was surprised to go. I think that Chelsea brought a lot of drama on the first night and then they just pivoted to being all crystal. But then him and Chelsea did have a pretty good one on one where she talked about. Her experience with her ex. And we know that Ari, as Baca put it, likes moms. It's true. So I was surprised <laughs> that Chelsea was sent home. I was too. But you know, I don't know what? We don't we don't need Chelsea. She was she, diminishing returns on her. But no, no, it's like we are I think you're right. It's that he is torn between these two types of women. That's why we're having a hard time telling who he's really and totally into. And I also think that again, Ari is a nice guy. And yeah. so he's almost overly complimentary and yeah. overly 
wordy with his feelings towards these women. And I think he might be confusing them a little bit. Like say what you (laughs) want about Crystal, but she met his parents so early on that she had developed this connection with him in her head. And he's also, there's something to be said for like, like literally being able to picture what it looks like to have X girl meet your family or be around your family. He has, that is a leg up, not because she's like so great or because it's like so much time with him, but He's able to actually picture what that means. And I think that kind of goes a long way. Well, he told Lauren B., you know, I really like you, so I want you to like me. And then he told Jacqueline, you know, like, I have a crush on you. And I'm thinking, I did not expect you to come with these feelings for Jacqueline. This is surprising to me. Yeah, he might just be saying it because he doesn't want to piss her off. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I just thought that was, like, a pretty remarkable moment. That's the thing about this season Mm. is, like, overall, he's not a good bachelor. But he does say a few, like, random things or like these confrontations happen where I'm like, yes, this is fascinating. This is like humans being human. It's a slow burn. Yeah, (laughs) it it really is. And so then ultimately I was surprised that Jacqueline got a rose. I was too. And it also felt like one of those roses where she's gotten a rose this week and then we're going to see her go home next week. Like that's how it felt to me. Yeah. There was a lot of, just a lot of tears coming up apparently. Mm, oh my god like all of the tears basically I'm ready to talk about that whenever we can <laughs> sure what's coming up sure yeah well let's get into it first I just want to mention this week's Chris Harrison TRT we keep track every week on this podcast <laughs> was 120 seconds across four appearances that's two whole minutes it felt like more of Chris this week yeah, I think Chris, last week was 60 seconds so it is double well he likes to travel yes he's gonna travel and when I interviewed Ben Higgins, he said, Love Ben. I mean, the gold standard. Absolutely. Truly. Ben said, you know, the lead is in some ways also the host. Right. And I think that maybe we brought Chris back in yeah. for a little bit this week because we're like, we need a little more hosting in yes. here, you know? Yes, so absolutely. I'm, I'm, I love me some Chris Harrison. Yeah, of course. Get him in there. Of course. I'd love to know his uh, fee per, per minute for a week, but, you know, I'll probably never find out. <laughs> Also, the watchword of the week is love. Man, they said love a lot this week. Last week, I told Ari that I was falling in love with him. I loved my conversation with Ari. I love it. When you're ready for love or not. Felt that deep love. The little moments I see, I really love. I'll fall in love with Ari. I can see love forever with you. I don't know if Kendall's ever, like, been in love. Open to falling in love. I'm so confused because I feel like I've just given love. Who do you think is going to say I love you to him first. I'm afraid it's going to be Tia. Because she's already at the I'm falling for you. Nobody else has said I'm falling in love with you yet. I'm afraid it's going to be Tia, and I just don't feel Tia is going to win. I don't see Ari wanting to, like, bring home an Arkansas girl for whatever reason. I don't think he's into accents. Mm. Or if he is, only, only Dutch ones. You know, I was just thinking, I'm, I'm going back a little bit now, but it is kind of funny what we're talking about. The crystal on the two-on-one said, doesn't Ari want a confident woman? Yeah. <laughs> It's true. I don't know that he wants one that confident. There are grains, grains of truth to what Crystal was saying. She's, yeah, like a, like a true psychotic. She's got like a morsel of truth that she then spins out of control. Out of control. So are you not going to miss her? No, I'm not. Although I'm a little worried for the show. Mm. Like, what do we what do we have to look forward to? Like, so apparently someone's boyfriend is coming back. Who do you think that is? Do you happen to know? I don't know. I don't know either. I avoid I avoid spoilers. But we're going to address the fact that there's a lot of them out there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I don't know whose boyfriend is coming back. I don't either. And it's one of those things where I can't tell 
how late in the game that boyfriend comes back because, you know, they do it all in a super cut. And I'm like, I think it might have been at hometowns, but I couldn't really tell. Mm, it would, that would be convenient because he'd, he'd just be there probably. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> next week they're going to Tuscany. So they'll be at, I think, seven girls next week. Some great destinations this totally. season. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's certainly a step up from Fort Lauderdale. Quote, a beautiful place to fall in a love. A beautiful place to fall in love. I, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so... Let's just talk about how there's so many spoilers out there. I really try to avoid them as much as possible. Okay. However, there are some rumors that there's a, there's a lot of fireworks coming mm-hmm. for the season finale. Pretty much everyone I know who watches The Bachelor seems to know about this. Like, it's like a pretty not well-kept secret. You are in this Bachelor reporting space. Mm-hmm. How much are people discussing the finale? I find spoilers to be impossible to avoid. Mm-hmm. I think that... We are, I mean, Chris Harrison said um, on a conference call we did the other day that the finale is going to blow our minds, which he lovingly always says, but I do think he really means it this time. Uh And I think that we kind of need it to, because again, this season has been such a slow burn and I do not want to look back and not be able to remember a season of The Bachelor. It needs to be the season when blank happened. So the season I remember the least is Chris Souls. Ari's, I think I will, I think I'll always remember, but that's because Chris... At least Ari has verbal tics. Chris had none. You know, I, I loved Caitlin from that season. I don't know. Sure, I, she's she's a great bachelorette. Yeah. Also, I like I like it when they have sex before the fantasy suite. Of course, <laughs> because it's good for the storyline. I'm actually surprised Ari hasn't. Uh, quite surprised. I asked him if he was going to, and uh-huh. he said he did not plan to. Other bachelors will advise you against it. It's not a good idea. Causes a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. But that makes good television. Well, I think that we're going to get a really big ending. And I think that the coming ups were indicative of that to me because they were so oddly edited. First, we got not a lot of faces. Well, I know that's because mm-hmm. they don't want you to know who makes it far, but not even like Ari's face. Like it just was a, like very, like you said, very oddly edited. I think the strangest thing to me was that we had next week. Then we had coming up later this season. And then Chris Harrison's voice came on for a third time, I think, and said, and then, and it was just those sobs. Yeah. And I have to say, I paused it. So we see Ari sitting on the couch, this gray couch, and we hear the sobs. But then we had a few seconds earlier what looked like Becca sitting on the couch, a gray couch. Which Becca? Sobbing. Becca, long hair Becca, not Becca. Adult, adult Becca. Adult Becca. Got it. So I believe adult Becca to be the one sobbing in that oh. very ending moment. Oh, Interesting. And those were some heavy and very real songs. Yes. And Ari looked quite upset as well. Yes. And we, have, it, we haven't seen Becca in like weeks. I know. And Rachel, Rachel Lindsay was here last week and she was saying like the worst one-on-one to get is the first one. I've heard people say that before because it's like the worst one to get because you have such a gap time between when you can reconnect with the lead. Yeah. But I think it's also indicative that the person really likes you because right. they had that one-on-one with you. They know they like you and they're going to go explore other things knowing in the back of their mind that you're there. Right. So, yeah. I was on that one-on-one. Oh, you were? I was. With yes. Becca? Uh-huh. Adult Becca. Adult Becca. And Rachel Zoe. Yes. And Rachel Zoe told me Ari paid for those outfits. He did? That's what Rachel Zoe told me. No. Come on. I see why you're skeptical. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Rachel but, Zoe is a company woman. I don't believe it. Juliet, I need your predictions. All right, sure. Okay. You want to know who I think is going to win? Yes, I do. I want to know your top three. My top three. <sighs> it's tough. Um, who do I think is going to the top three? Tia, because I think she's going to be the bachelorette. Oh. I think we know that because of the the uh, newspaper situation that Becca does not make it. Uh, <laughs> Based on the this week coming on with the with the weeping, I think adult Becca 
her. Mm. So we got Tia, adult Becca, and who else is left? I mean, Crystal and Chelsea are out. We got a lot of them. And I guess Lauren. I think it's Lauren B over Kendall. Yeah. Yeah. Kendall's yeah. definitely too weird for Ari. Not too weird for me, but definitely too weird for Ari. Yeah, that's that's what I think. And I, if Tia is not the Bachelorette, I will be angry. She is so much fun. Mm-hmm. I would love a full season of her. I think that because we could not get Raven, they are giving us Tia. I really, really hope so. And they know each other in real life. <laughs> I know, yeah. So Raven can come on and like, give advice like in like week six or whatever. Absolutely. And Raven and Adam, I've interviewed them a few times, and they seem very happy together. So I'm Wait, happy for Wait, she's Raven. still dating Adam? Yes. Oh, my God. They're I even, had no idea. They're making it work long distance as well. Yeah, isn't he like a northerner of some kind? He's in Dallas. Oh, okay. And not she's in uh, Arkansas. Arkansas with wow. her shop. Yeah. Incredible. So good for them. Oh, my God, that's great. Thank you for that insight. Uh, <laughs> thanks again for coming. Tell us where we can find you. Oh, thank you. Uh, so I'm on Instagram at Lauren Zima and Snapchat and all and Twitter and all that. So please talk to me about The Bachelor because I love all the discussions. Um, I'm on Entertainment Tonight. I head to ET Online for Bachelor and Bachelorette interviews. You guys are always on top of it. Oh, thank you. Well, we try to be. I mean, it's a crazy time. We all need The Bachelor. <laughs> we do indeed. Don't we? Thanks again for listening. And I'll be back on Thursday with The B-Side and next week. And next week, we're talking winter games. Thanks again for listening. Oh.